And she even walked me behind the control panel, which made me feel like a VIP as a kid. CTS makes me look good. You already look good. We just get to put her on display. We're like, look at Misty. The Technology Plus Business Podcast, brought to you by Central Technology Solutions. You and I are getting exposed to radiation right now as we sit here. Right. Just with natural background radiation. From a body to human to documentation and technology and then going backwards. Holy moly. Does your brain hurt at the end of the day? It does. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Technology and Business Podcast. Today we have Misty. Misty Witt from Radiology. Misty, let's talk about radiology. How did you get started in it and and what do you do? I wear many, many hats. <laughs> it's hard to put it into uh, perspective, but... First of all, thanks for having me and getting me out of my comfort zone. Um, I got started in radiology because I knew from when I was single digits young that I wanted to work in radiology. I was rather sickly when I was younger with asthma and allergies, which you earn extra trips to get x-rays when you're Mm -hmm. like that. Um, The technologist at the time that took my images took the time to make the process less scary. So she showed me how her camera, and I'm doing air quotes since this is a podcast, she showed me how her camera worked and let me hear what sounds that the machine was going to be making. And she even walked me behind the control panel, which made me feel like a VIP as a kid. Um, Well, it stuck. I couldn't get it out of my mind with, you know, with radiology, there's so many avenues to concentrate in. Like you can specialize in ultrasound or nuclear medicine, interventional medicine and CT and MRI, just to name a few. Um, I was afforded the opportunity to cross train on the job into MRI, which I absolutely fell in love with. Um, shortly after Lynchburg was graduating to digital radiology, which meant that we were no longer in a dark room processing x-rays with chemicals and so on and so forth. So that process of migrating over and connecting all the x-ray equipment to that takes the pictures to a now digital world that stores the pictures needed a lead person. So this had me with one foot in the clinical world and one foot in one foot in the computer world. Wow. So you you were able to kind of grow up with it. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and you could seed the two working together. Um having that VIP access to see everything behind the scenes. I think that's really interesting. And even nowadays, uh, you have a lot of, of people going to school for radiology. Mm-hmm. I remember in college, people were like, yeah, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to go into radiology. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I, I could not compute that. I'm like, okay, so you're going to be like a doctor. They're like, well, radiology. And I'm like, I don't know what that <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm a communications major. Give me a, some slack here. Yeah. So um, that's interesting that you were introduced to it at a young age. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a, I won't say like a quote unquote weakness, but it turned into okay. yes. to your, um, your passion. Mm-hmm. And with technology coming in, let's kind of talk about that. How was How's that coming about with with the technology that is used in radiology? Um, I guess to answer that, the best way that I can describe what I do is I'm like a language interpreter or a gatekeeper, so to speak, between all the systems that make radiology run. So it used to be old school chemistry in a dark room and a single film would be read by a doctor and you couldn't really share that with other states or other you know, continuity of patient care. So that's no longer the case. Um, So from scheduling the appointment 
then and that houses the patient demographics in one system and turning uh, in turn getting that request or that order to forward onto the x-ray machine that takes the pictures to archiving those same images in yet another separate system called PACS, which stands for Picture Archival Communication System. I will test you later. Oh gosh. Just kidding. <laughs> so where PACS is involved, that's where you store the images. Then you have voice recognition where the radiologist who interprets the images speaks into a dictaphone and their words magically type into a report on the screen. And then we need to deliver that dictated report to the referring provider. And there are so many other downstream systems that all need to talk the same language, which I call HL7 and DICOM, and pushing that exam from scheduling all the way to the providing the patient's physician with the end result of what's ailing the patient. It's a massive undertaking. So getting all of those systems to play nice in the same sandbox can be complicated at times. And so that's why when you go to the doctor, you're typically doing the test and like, okay, we'll get back with you within a week. And of course, one week, maybe go, maybe even not even a week, uh, one day goes by and you have the patients calling saying, hey, where are my tests? When on the back end, that's what's happening. Yes. You're, you're uh, transcribing information from from a body to human to documentation and technology and then going backwards. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so is, is that part of like all the mini hats? Yes. Holy moly. Does your brain hurt at the end of the day? It does. <laughs> but it, it hurts me just thinking about it. And you said pop quiz and I just wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> so now we kind of have, we're talking about the patients. We're talking about um, their sensitive information. How does the compliance part come into that with your technology? Well, the HIPAA comes to mind, so mm -hmm. I'm also the compliance manager for OSHA and HIPAA, so that's just a, a necessary evil that you have to have in right. healthcare to protect the patient's um, health information, and um, with even PCI compliance, CTS helps us with that. Mm -hmm. C CTS makes me look good. You already look good. We just get to put <laughs> her on display. We're like, look at Misty. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, the patients, the, the mini hats that you wear, the technology and the communication aspect of all of it. Uh, what's something that is maybe the biggest misconception that people um, may have with radiology? I think, in my opinion, the biggest misconception would be just radiation dose. People are very scared, you know, is this going to hurt me? Is this going to cause cancer? So not all radiology modalities use radiation. So take in point MRI and ultrasound are prime examples of specialties that don't have that ionizing radiation. Think of radiation as a form of energy, just like light waves or radio waves. But x-rays, they have enough energy to pass through the body. So as radiation moves through your body, it passes through bones and tissues and muscles and organs very differently at different rates, which is the one way that we can capture what your insides look like. So some of the radiation that passes through your body during an x-ray actually gets absorbed, and this is what we call the effective dose. This effective dose is important to strictly manage because there are risks and possible side effects, such as uh, the opportunity of developing cancer at a later date due to its overuse if it's not managed correctly. So your doctor weighs the risk versus benefit of um, ordering x-rays and determining if it's truly necessary. 
And I want to point out here that it's important for us to realize that you and I are getting exposed to radiation right now as we sit here. Right. Just with natural background radiation. So we're exposed to natural sources of radiation all the time. The average person receives an effective dose of about what how we measured is in millisieverts. I'll test you later. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> that background um, is like three millisieverts a year from just natural radiation, just natural, like from cosmic radiation, um, outer space. These natural background doses vary wildly depending on where you live. So for instance, people living at higher altitudes, such as Colorado, receive you know one and a half millisieverts more per year than we do living here in Central Virginia. So another perspective is that a round trip airline flight from New York to LA is about 0.03 millisieverts due to the exposure to cosmic rays. And another point is radon gas in our homes is yet another culprit, which can be about two millisieverts per year, depending on your location. So to put it simply, I know I threw a lot out at you with numbers and such, the amount of radiation from one adult chest X-ray is 0.1 millisieverts. So that is about the same as 10 days worth wow. of natural background radiation that we're exposed to in our daily living. Right. Just how you broke it down, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, why are we so worried about it? Because we are exposed to it in some manner throughout a period of time. And I guess it's it's the, the uh, what what is it? when you just kind of overthink the process of like the what ifs, like, oh, right. like it just take it, you know, your mind takes it to the next level mm-hmm. just because of not understanding it, not knowing it. I mean, I, like I said, back at college, people told me, oh, I'm gonna go to radiology. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so we just talked about the biggest misconception with radiology. And you explained a lot, like how much we are actually exposed to radio waves that we aren't expecting. Um, and it's really just our minds taking it to the next level saying like, oh, the world is coming to an end like we always do. Um, but let's now shift the conversation. And if you had a globe that you could predict the future, where is the technology going in the radiology industry? Oh, wow. That's really loaded. Um, the technology is there. And I guess to your point, when we off, off uh, recording, we were talking about how COVID has impacted um, healthcare. I guess I could answer that with the telemedicine. So with COVID, you couldn't go in because you're so contagious. So that's one area where um, healthcare has changed drastically is just with telemedicine. So you can, in in third world countries, I know that um, there's several vendors that have an x-ray machine, much like a kiosk that you go to our ATM to get money out of. In these third world world countries, they just have somebody over the audio that comes over that says, okay, you know, step up to this machine, roll your shoulders forward, taking a deep breath, and they're not even physically there, but they're taking imaging in all these poorer countries. Wow. Um, that's been in existence, but oh. with COVID especially, the telemedicine has really just, you know, working remote now. Yeah. It used to be so taboo and unheard of, and now it's that's really the way that people are moving towards. Right, and you can just call your doctor, see him on your computer and yeah. say, I have a cough or something else. I, 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 I'm being exposed to something or I don't know. Healthcare, the realm is ever changing and growing and it's very, very difficult to keep up with. And technology, as you know, uh, it gets outdated pretty fast. So I think the two are growing hand in hand yeah. and they're, they're racing. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're just holding hands <laughs> and just running to the finish line. <laughs> well, I learned so much about radiology. And 
now I, I, I don't feel the need to, to be like, what is that? Because now I know. And if I have any <laughs> other questions, I can just email you and say, can you please explain this to me? <laughs>